0: From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of wispolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So J.R., President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence are resuming in-person campaign stops across the country after a bout with COVID-19 sidelined the president. Pence is scheduled to visit a manufacturing facility in Waukesha tomorrow. With only three weeks until the election, what do you think his message will be to Wisconsin voters?
1: Oh, you know, it's been a consistent message in his previous stops. They've talked about law and order, talked about their response to the um, virus, talked about um, getting the economy back going again. So it's fairly consistent. They want to get this message, this campaign to be about Things like taxes, uh, kitchen table issues, uh, those kinds of things, and not be about COVID because COVID is a president's greatest weakness right now. And it's, it's a struggle for them. As long as it's, the conversation is being dominated by talk about COVID 19, they're in a, a difficult situation.
0: Might some voters take a dim view of the vice president coming to Wisconsin amid a surge in coronavirus cases and hospitalizations here?
1: Absolutely. I mean, there is a, definitely a different uh, approach to campaigning from what the Trump campaign is doing, the Biden campaign is doing. Uh, at the same time, you know the Trump campaign is doing more things on the ground. They have people who are doing doors and canvassing voters, and Democrats, for the most part, don't. And there's a risk in that. I mean, right now the president is trailing the polls that we see in Wisconsin, but that, that personal touch on the doors, that contact, that helps get people registered, helps get them turned out to vote, and Democrats are banking on the... Virtual contacts are doing, you know, things like phone banks, like text messages, that those things can be an effective way to turn people out as well. And we just, we don't know. It's, it's a different world than what we're used to with campaigns in Wisconsin. Usually you see people on both sides of the aisle on the doors constantly trying to turn people out. So this is going to be a test of, of this situation and kind of where people are at, what, what they're comfortable with.
0: Meanwhile, Jill Biden, wife of Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden, and Congresswoman Gwen Moore held a virtual visit with Milwaukee voters over the weekend. From her home in Delaware, Jill Biden implored people to get out and vote, while Gwen Moore slammed Trump for driving, quote, a wedge between the racial groups. How do you think their message resonated with Wisconsin voters?
1: You know, I mean, the Biden campaign message has been fairly consistent as well. They're trying to talk about uh, how trump has mishandled in their estimations the pandemic how um, there's been a lot of chaos a lot of division that you know the president has um, you know just not brought people together the thing is again back to that thing about the personal touch with door-to-door campaigning we're used to seeing people canvassing milwaukee for example and trying to turn people out to vote it's not really happening as much as before how is that going to work well we'll Will voters in some of these communities who are used to seeing people indoors, will they still be inspired to vote? Does Joe Biden connect with um, African-American voters, for example, in Milwaukee and Racine and Kenosha? Does he excite uh, people of color? That's still kind of to be determined. Because don't forget, you know, four years ago, uh, Hillary Clinton kind of neglected Wisconsin in the final weeks of the campaign. Didn't put as much of an effort here as she should have. And we saw not just turnout in places like Milwaukee down, but for Democrats across the board. Can Joe Biden electrify Democrats and get them to turn out? The early signs are, yeah, I mean, we're seeing uh, absentee votes, our ballots being returned at a pretty healthy clip in communities like Dane County and Milwaukee County. So there are some good signs out there. But again, it's hard to know that until everything is in, how this is progressing and how well they're connecting with people with this virtual approach.
0: As you were mentioning, Biden has taken a much different approach to campaigning than Trump because of the coronavirus. He and his surrogates largely continue to opt for virtual appearances rather than in-person events. With that in mind, do you think Wisconsinites will see Biden again in person between now and November 3rd?
1: Good question. You know, he's been doing in-person events again, um, making stops around the country in swing states. So He's out there. You would think if Wisconsin is like one of the key states in the end that they'll be here. We've moved kind of toward a, a lean Democratic uh, rating. A lot of the national services that kind of try and uh, peg where the states are at. So Biden has an edge here. The race races closer in some other states. But you have to be careful and not neglect Wisconsin, you know, like what happened four years ago. because really Clinton kind of thought Wisconsin was in the bag and just didn't come here after the primary, but more importantly, she didn't spend money here. Uh, the Biden campaign is definitely spending money here. The TV spending is very much in Biden's advantage right now. Um, but TV ads aren't the end-all be-all. So sometimes you need that personal touch to get voters out. And, and like I said, we're waiting to see if this approach works. It's, it's just such, so, so unique. We're not used to this kind of a campaign.
0: At the same time, Trump is scheduled to make in-person appearances this week in Florida, Pennsylvania, and Iowa. The latest Marquette poll shows Biden with a five-point lead over Trump in Wisconsin, up slightly from four points last time, but still close to the margin of error. Several pollsters and media outlets have moved Wisconsin from toss-up to the Leans Democratic category. Given that, do you think we'll see another in-person visit from Trump in the next three weeks, or will he narrow his focus to states where polls are showing a tighter race?
1: Wisconsin is a state he really kind of needs. You don't want to give up on Wisconsin. And even though he's down, you know, four years ago, uh, I think in the same Marquette poll in early October, he was down like 40, 46, 42 to Hillary Clinton, whereas now it's Biden 47, him 42. The difference, though, in these polls is that um, the president now is the incumbent. He has a record, and right now the race is viewed as a referendum on the president rather than really a, a choice between Biden and Trump. Trump wants to make it a choice. He wants to turn this race into something different, but it continues to be a referendum on him and his record, and that's much different than four years ago where Hillary Clinton was kind of the de facto incumbent in a lot of ways because she was part of the Democratic establishment, been eight years of Democratic Party rule in the White House with Barack Obama. It's just a, a much different race this time around. So, and in, in Trump, if you look at the map, you know, he's got issues in a lot of places. And so, Wisconsin's one of those places that he won. He can get to 207 electoral votes without Wisconsin, just a much easier path for him to get there if he has Wisconsin in his column again.
0: Moving on to another topic, a three-judge panel of the 7th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled that ballots in Wisconsin must be received in the election clerk's offices by 8 p.m. on election night. The decision is considered a victory for Republicans, and the only recourse now for Democrats is an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court, which has a 5-3 to three conservative majority. What do you think will happen here?
1: Well, just watching to see if they file the appeal. Um, my impression is that if Republicans had lost um, the ruling at the Seventh Circuit, they would have gone to the Supreme Court immediately. Uh, the question is now, what will those groups that... that, that um, So the changes law, what will they do? Um, You know, and we're also in this time period that the Supreme Court doesn't like to see changes to um, state election laws close to an election. So there have been some concerns about that. Uh, It's called the Purcell Principle. They're trying to avoid these changes. And that was part of what the Seventh Circuit cited in its ruling was that these changes are being made too close to an election. We're just weeks out. Well, the U.S. Supreme Court, don't forget... um, just as spring embraced a similar approach to the spring election. It ruled that uh, ballots, absolute ballots could be counted as long as they were postmarked by election day and received by the Monday after. So it's similar to what Judge Conley had put in place. The difference, one of the big differences is that, you know, we've had months to prepare for this election, whereas what happened back in the spring, it was, you know, in the burgeoning uh, early stage of the pandemic. So Will that change the court's mind if it gets this case? That's one thing to watch is the Supreme Court embrace what it did back in spring, or say, no, this is different because it's, you know, it's a different election. Plus two, we've had more time to prepare for what's going on with the pandemic, and the state has taken a number of steps to try and make voting in person safer. There have been promotions of absentee balloting. We've got a record of absentee ballots requested so far, so you know there's a, a different vibe in that way, this election as well.
0: And finally, Democratic Governor Tony Evers issued another order last week requiring bars, restaurants, and retail stores to go back to 25% capacity because of the coronavirus. Do you think Republicans or conservative groups will challenge this?
1: Well, we're just watching to see if they file the appeal. Um, my impression is that if Republicans had lost the ruling at the Seventh Circuit, they would have gone to the Supreme Court immediately. Uh, The question is now, what will those groups that that, that, um, saw the changes law, what will they do? Um, You know, and we're also in this time period that the Supreme Court doesn't like to see changes to um, state election laws close to an election. So there have been some concerns about that. Uh, It's called the Purcell Principle. They're trying to avoid these changes. And that was part of what the Seventh Circuit cited in its ruling, was that these changes are being made too close to an election. We're just weeks out. Well, the U.S. Supreme Court, don't forget, um, just as spring embraced a similar approach to the spring election. It ruled that, uh, ballots, absolute ballots could be counted as long as they were postmarked by election day and received by the Monday after. So it's similar to what judge Conley had put in place. The difference, one of the big differences is that, you know, we've had months to prepare for this election. Whereas what happened back in the spring, it was, you know, in the burgeoning, uh, early stage of the pandemic. So, Will that change the court's mind if it gets this case? That's one thing to watch is the Supreme Court embrace what it did back in spring or say, no, this is different because it's, you know, it's a different election. Plus, two, we've had more time to prepare for what's going on with the pandemic. And the state has taken a number of steps to try and make voting in person safer. There have been promotions of absentee balloting. We've got a record of absentee ballots requested so far. So, you know, there's a, a different vibe in that way this election as well.
0: That's SwissPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.